disclaimer, we know nothing really about Formula One. Sometimes we make wild accusations and wild ideas based on only what we think might be true. I like to be very clear in the fact that we are not experts and we have no idea what we're talking about. Welcome to the F1 Purple Rain podcast with me, Dominic, and... And me, Ryan. So, mate, how have you been? Uh, yeah, been good, yeah. Been very good. Um, I just want to say, sure, that we're a bit late with this episode, as... Um, <laughs> I decided I went around my mate's house and watched the F1 and then decided to drink for the next 11 hours. So I was, like, absolute, I was just, an absolute mess. Just for listeners, I'd like to also apologize because although Ryan is taking full blame, I think I can uh, wholeheartedly say that probably it's my fault the most. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't taking full blame. I was going to say I'm taking about 10% of this blame. 10%. <laughs> I mean, Obviously, we didn't uh, we didn't release one last week uh, for the bonus. I think we just needed a bit of a break. We didn't really announce it or anything or say to anybody. Uh, we have got stuff still in the can uh, with some funny, uh, obviously, games, as you listeners will know, like uh, Bullshit or Plausible. But uh, we're holding on to it to really uh, stitch it all together to make more sense. So... Yeah, we took a bit of a break. Obviously, the F1 race happened again this weekend with the race at Azerbaijan. But um, we're going to hit it hard today to catch everybody up and make sure uh, you've not missed us too much. But uh, yeah, Ryan's going to take 10% of the blame for us not getting this out any sooner. I'll take the 90 because I, yeah, I've had an eventful week. So how was your week first before we get into my week? My, my my week's been it sounds like pretty normal compared to to what your week was. I I literally just been working and then went round to the mate's house and got drunk and oh, watched wow. the Baku race. So, you know, pretty normal. <laughs> normal normal on, week. On unlike yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, my mine was a little bit different. So I I eventually, obviously after Corona, got away on my first family holiday. And uh, on day one of my holiday, I had to be carried home by strangers back to my hotel room from the hotel complex. Uh, Not because I was completely wasted, a little bit, but uh, because I twisted my ankle and my my foot ballooned up like the size of uh, F1 helmet. Got carried home by complete strangers. Woke up in the morning. My foot is massive. Mrs. is super angry because she gave me strict rules. Like, if you're going to go out without me, make sure you don't wake me up. I broke that rule. Uh, come in quietly. I broke that rule. Uh, and make sure I never realized you left that the building. I broke that rule because she woke up in the middle of the night to a, an ice pack melting across the bed. <laughs> she was not pleased, as you can imagine. A super wet bed, cold as I woke her up. I she love. strictly told me not to wake her up. I could be the worst wake up anyone's ever asked for. I absolutely love that you've ruined a family holiday on day one. <laughs> it's my first night as well. And as much as I would like to say it was down to not down to drink, like I was drinking, but I just literally tripped over a step. And before I knew it, I was being whisked away. I yes, yes. The doc- well, we'll, we'll go if you tripped over a step. This is also coming from the guy who rang me once after he'd fell off the side of his house. <laughs> yeah, this is true also. Yeah. And uh, in, the, <laughs> in, that, in that experience, I was in my underpants. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, if the listeners don't, if for the people that know me, they know I'm a bit of a liability. For the people that don't, yeah, it's not best to have a drink with me. I'm, I can't be trusted. But anyway, yeah, yeah I'm here now. I've got a black foot. Yes. I've got still a week of holiday left. Um, this is why I've been a little bit late with the podcast. Um, I went to the doctor, but also I somehow managed to mess up my uh, health insurance. So it turns out I'm not covered. So now I'm just, I'm going to the bar every day. No excuse, but uh, just grabbing ice from the bar and <laughs> hoping for the best till I get back. Absolute mess. Now, I think we get on to the more pressing matter which is our discussion of the Baku yeah because I think let's talk about Formula 1 I think we should get into Formula 1 not about your big foot yeah I mean my foot is it's not a laughing matter my big foot is more of a balloon that someone drew feet on (laughs) Jesus Christ let's talk about the Baku Grand Prix no name yet but let's get into it so Ryan let's talk about the, the qualifying yeah, what do you, you think of qualifying? As always with street tracks, I think sometimes the qualifying is more interesting than the race this year, looks looks like. But uh, obviously there was a couple of red flags. I enjoy uh, Team Canada always holding out their best. <laughs> yes, I was going to say Team Canada are, are, are doing well. And, you know, the Canadians must be just like surging with excitement for these two guys to be at home next week in the home race. I can't wait. I can't wait. And to be honest, I would always we always put money in this podcast on a certain Canadian driver. But it looks like the um, one in particular, he managed to crash twice on the same lap and to red flag the session. So I know, I know. It's 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 mental. Like he decided he just he hit the wall and then decided I'll not pit for fresh tires and I think I'll just go out on the same tires I flat spotted. And then he just boom bends into the wall, and his right tire just falls apart. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. He's already flat. He's already flat spotted them. I don't know what he was expecting. How much more uh, like give there was in his lap time? He's like, I oh, know. I keep pushing. I keep pushing, even though they're flat. He's an absolute joke. If people don't know, we're talking about Lance Stroll, by the way. Yeah, which which uh, I, I would understand. The listeners don't understand because normally, when it comes to Canadian drivers, we're talking about Latifi. But in this uh, this instance, yeah, it, we're talking about Aston Martin in general because he wasn't the only Aston Martin, was he? No, no. Is it expensive, no. expensive qualifying for Aston Martin? Oh, oh, good God, yeah. Like, quite expensive, but not too bad from Vettel, though, in the end. No, I mean, uh, I mean, talking about just qualifying, uh, the Bad Back Awards have switched a little bit. Of, of course, uh, Vettel... Is obviously out, out qualifying Stroll. I mean, the four-time world champion. But uh, there was a little bit of a switch up in in the mix, and yeah, we'll see as we go through from twenty to one. Just a few things before we do our run through of qualifying, Dom. Yeah, do you want to go through Ryan's news time? Yes, du, 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 du. Ryan's news time. Well, my news isn't really news. It's just. Um, Mercedes has said that Silverstone is going to be their next deadline for the car. Silverstone? Yeah. They're going to keep pushing the... I think Mercedes is going to keep pushing the deadline on and on and on until next season. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be pushed back as much as the FAA jewellery gate. Yeah, exactly. They can't quite make their mind up, but they'll just keep trying to postpone it. 
yeah. Um, but yeah, they said Silverstone's probably going to be next time for a see any big more big upgrades. Um, did you see uh, the crash in F2, which um, delayed the whole day, pretty I much? Didn't, I didn't see the crash. How bad was it? Uh, turn one, guy just goes straight into the wall and wrecks himself and then about two other cars after. He's basically just, side, he's basically just sideways after turn one. And obviously he wrecks, he wrecks the barrier, like, so... Ah, uh, yeah, well, that's the thing now with safety. They uh, You really see it prominent this season as well. They have to completely repair the barrier before they can restart the race. Yeah. Which is that's fair enough. Thing. I mean, especially after some of the crashes we've had in the last couple of years. So, is he all right, yeah. though? Yeah, yeah, I think the driver's fine, yeah. All right. Yeah. And his name uh, was? I have no idea. I only just caught a, a glimpse of it. F2. His name was F second name 2. Yeah, his uh, name was Driver in F2. <laughs> If anyone knows the name, please let us know so we yeah, can wreck um, this, this excellent bit of recording here for people. <laughs> uh, if you don't know the email address, it's at formula1purplerain at gmail.com. I think your fan email address is f1purplerain <laughs> at gmail.com. My good God. If anyone would like to write in, it's f1purplerain at gmail.com. We'd appreciate the feedback, and anyone that can correct us would be much appreciated. Or anyone actually just wants to give us a bit of help, that'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, Did yeah, you? So ch- we, <laughs> you so we, a, I just see you change the group profile to my foot. You. <laughs> I'm scrolling through because I remembered we're still making. Uh, we made us a comments pre-race about the news, so I'm going through the news trying to see if I can bring something <laughs> to the podcast, and I've seen you can put my my. <laughs> This sounds like what's that horrible penis-looking thing in the top of my bar? That's my foot. What were you saying before I saw that horrible photo of my back foot? I did enjoy the pit lane music the hard year before qualifying. Pumping wasn't it? Like a rave. Oh yeah, you could barely you could barely hear the presenters talk. It was absolutely pumping. It's brilliant. Oh, and quick side note: guess who's guess who is playing? Live on Saturday night when I'm in Singapore for the F1. David Guetta. No, no, no. Westlife. <laughs> and now I see why you booked the tickets. <laughs> I I will be absolutely blocked in Singapore at the F1. Oh, my Listening God. To Westlife. Westlife. So Ronan Keaton and everyone. Yeah, on the Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night in Singapore. What better way to spend it than life? Westlife of all in Singapore. Yeah. On a Saturday night. I can't I can't, I can't get my hand on it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Another side note, I've got a great uh, t-shirt set up for the podcast. So I need you to get you I need you to send me your address again. So I'm gonna send you t-shirts for, for you to go to that uh, event in and make some um we'll come up with some funny questions for the crowd where uh, do a podcast on you being a man on the ground. Okay. Okay. But I've okay. got. Uh, I've got. I've, it looks like I might have a really good podcast merchandise. So for you guys listening, keep an eye out if anyone's at the Singapore F1 or maybe the Monza. I'm sort of trying to work out my position in Monza. But uh, we're gonna what's well, some merch coming? But first of all, we're gonna address ourselves before we dress you guys. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out because it's gonna be some F1 purple rain podcast merchandise and uh, Ryan and myself will be wearing it when we go to the races and we're going to do some uh, interviews with the crowd. 
That sounds that sounds great. And let's get some merch going. Yeah. And I'll send it to you, Ryan. I haven't even seen it yet. Brilliant. So <laughs> let's get stuck into the Baku qualifying, shall we? Let's go. Okay. So in twentieth place for qualifying, Mick Schumacher. What a dreadful performance. He is really struggling in that car at the minute. Like like really, yeah. really struggling. Like and again, he's had a couple yeah. good weekends recently as well. So it's a shame yeah. to see him. I mean, below the Williams is a kick in the and, and below Stroll, who caused a red flag. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, like, come on, that like, gets ridiculous. It's, so weird. it's like you showed me a red flag then as well. Yeah. <laughs> for for <laughs> listeners who can't obviously can't see what we're talking about. As he said, red flag, he literally pulled up a red piece of paper. It, this is my F1 book. This is, this is my notes in here. It was the weirdest thing. Like, he's so uber prepared for this conversation. <laughs> he has a red piece of paper for every color of the flag that we discuss. Moving on. Moving, moving on. 19th, um, co captain of Team Canada, um, Lance, <laughs> Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll. Like, seriously, like, what, what, like, why would you not change tires after you flat spot them? That, that's just like that's racing one on one. If you can get in the pitch straight away and change tires, you do it. And obviously, it's ridiculously important in qualifying to have the best tire to go out and set a lap on. What I don't understand is it felt like he kept trying to hit his hot lap after <laughs> on the <laughs> same lap. That's what it looked like. He's like, oh, that's all right. It only cost me half a second that incident. Yeah. I'll keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. Oh, I'll keep going. Don't worry. Uh, 18th, my note for this is usual stuff from one half of Team Canada where Nick missed the TV. Yeah, well, two, the Canada's come in pairs now, don't they? You can't, it's like yeah. a Twix, you can't get one without yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. So, yeah, the TV 18th, yet again, I qualified by his teammate, who, by the way, was not a happy man during qualifying. Alex Albon <laughs> in 17th. No, no. Did you not? Did you not see how angry he was at Fernando Alonso? Mister, oh, I did. Yes, actually, great shout. So he yeah, Alex Albon was right, right behind Alonso and claimed that he was driving so slow on purpose around the track, and then he said it was the most obvious non-attempt at a corner when he just drove into the safe into the into the safety bit. I I saw the clip and I saw the comment and I was thinking. Like, if he was saying that about maybe the Haas, I might have believed him. But say it about Alonso, when Alonso qualified much higher. Alonso didn't need to be... I don't know. I I think I think Albert is a classmate's draws when he's calling a two-time world champion, intentionally slowing on the street track to uh, out-qualify Albon, who is in 17th. And Alonso eventually finished in ten. Yeah, but I think it's a I big would, leap. I wouldn't put a pass for Alonso. Because <laughs> a slimy Spaniard. Because the Alpine was only quick in sector three. That was it. They had a rocket ship the last sector. They put the rest of the track. They were terrible. But you know, mm. who knows? Who knows? Only Alonso knows what what, what he did. Um, and and then sixteenth Magnussen per weekend from him and Haas in general. I think. Yeah, they really struggle with uh, this high, high top speed. 
low dance force, didn't they? I also said he was held up by Alonso too because he was behind um, Albon. Well, just one thing, one more thing on Alonso. I mean, I agree with you definitely that it's not you wouldn't put it past him definitely, but um, it's a it's a big leap. But I mean, the conspiracy theorists love it, don't it? And to, it is it is a big leap, but you also have to remember Alonso's done lots of stuff like this recently. In his last few years back in the sport, he's pulled a I mean, intentionally or not intentionally, but he's pulled a lot of like this with him and, and especially in Alpine working with Al, uh, Ocon. They've pulled some weird uh, moves as a team. Yeah. You only hear what they communicate on, on their team radio. You don't hear what they discussed before. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it could be, could be. But I like though how Alonso was allowed to drive. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, was allowed to drive slow, apparently. And nothing was done. But Hamilton, who was in his Delta and off the racing line, was investigated because he was driving too slow. Do you know the result of that investigation? Yeah, nothing. Because the onboard, the onboard looked bad. I have to say. But Hamilton, like they asked afterwards, and he's they're like, "Are you worried?" He goes, "No, I was in my Delta. I was off the line. I wasn't holding one up. If they wanted to drive past, they could, but they didn't want to." It looks worse in uh, yeah. it looks worse than it is because yeah, he's, he comes like, uh, like, like a stop, but he was like, I'm in my Delta, so I've got nothing to worry about. But, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, 15th, really poor from Bottas. Yeah, really I mean, a switch on the bad back awards. Yeah, um, yeah, because Guan Yu Joe finishes in 14th ahead of him. Yeah, exactly. And it's, in, it's interesting because there's a few across the grid. So either the rookies are getting the grips of the car F1 cars this year, or or the experienced old hands are actually just um, had a bad day. We'll see. Fourteen uh, two brand new, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but pure from Alfa Romeo in general, I think because Bottas has been quite um, strong all season, and that was quite a pure performance from him. Thirteenth um, Ocon, it's not not really good enough, really, but. Their car is only quick in sector three, and you know, he didn't really have the pace in the other two sectors to do anything uh, worthwhile. Uh, and then, straight then in 11th and 12th, the two McLarens, Norris and 11th, were Danny Rick in 12th. Another pretty poor performance from Danny Ricardo, and you would say not great from from Norris either. You know, probably expected more from him, but both the drivers you would say they would expect more from, but. You know, per result for them, Danny Ricardo needed a good qualifying, I think. No, definitely. I mean, um, McLaren just looked miles off the pace this year. This year, miles off the pace this year. I don't know what to say. I mean, both of them look bad. Ricardo, again, obviously uh, striking out in the bad back awards. But yeah, tough season at McLaren because they look where they were like the best of the rest last year. This year, they're nowhere. Middle ground. If they can, if they can manage. I mean, last year they won a race, so yeah, exactly. But this year, I I doubt it. I doubt they would anything. So that's 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 the twenty to eleven covered, Dom. If you want to work your way through the top ten of qualifying, let's go. Alonso in at ten, as we mentioned before. The sneaky fox could be cheating. Could have been slowing down. Hard to say. But, His reaction uh, was good when he was asked. His reaction was good when he was asked. He just. Smiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his big old flower Alonso smile on, and he's done anything. Wow, read into that what you will, but as uh, any, any avid listeners will probably agree with us that 
probably cheated. But so be it. If you can get away with it, why not? Why not? Uh, in the number nine, another world champion, Sebastian Vettel. But he also ran into the barrier. But his crash was nowhere near as bad as the two-time, two-time crashing champion as Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Vettel did also hit the barrier, but he, he also got away with it. And I have to say that both, because uh, Stroll crashed twice, and if you saw the first incident, he drove literally into the barrier. Yeah, it's uh, technically him trying, technically him trying to make a corner, just boom. Yeah, exactly. And the but the front wing, the front wing stayed intact, and then Vettel did the same thing. The front wing stayed intact. I was like, oh my god, these front wings are like made of paper. How are they still holding together? <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no, it's all right. I saw Stroll hit the wall one more time just to make sure it really will break. Like, oh, yeah. It's like the Aston Martin's doing a stress test on the front wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, Lance, Lance, we don't want you to saddle up. We just want you to do a stress <laughs> test. Practice. Then, okay, in at number eight, Sonoda, who has been uh, good of recent, but for the first time in a few races, he's fallen behind Gasly. I think they just struggled with the, the setup. Hamon, big shock, as always. Don't want to get into it and make this podcast all about why Hamilton is looking not very good at the moment. But um, Hamilton wouldn't have even been seventh if he didn't have the toe from Gasly for qualifying. Yeah. He would have been further down the, the grid. And as much as I love watching Hamilton and giving his praises, I'm clever enough to realise that he only got seventh. He only managed seventh because he got the toe of Russell at the end. Um, so he would have been... And I was worried because I was already looking, thinking he's going to end up behind Alonso and it's going to be a repeat of Hungary. And the last time he got stuck behind Alonso, yeah. which was a disaster. So, But that being said, anyway, Mercedes made the right call. Uh, obviously, Russell's working a better package, better setup. Hamilton is trying new things from what we understand and uh, as a team they managed to pull out a seventh so let's see how the race turns out sixth Gasly for the first time out qualifies his teammate Sonoda phenomenal to see and really big well done I really think uh, he needed that because he was having a really bad few races um, finishing by his teammate when he was so dominant previous season so in at number five Mr. Saturday aka Mr. Sunday aka the Mr. Tallest, Mercedes second tallest guy in the grid <laughs> Mr. Mercedes, uh, George Russell. To be honest, it was just a faultless, clean quality. I mean, there was no yeah. drama, no issues, no setup problems, just clean. And I think that's where the pace of the Mercedes really is. I mean, you read into read into it what you like about Hamilton and uh, if he's trying new setups and trying new parts to see what will improve. And they're just leaving the basic bog standard setup to Russell. You believe that? Then still, Russell is consistent. Very consistent, actually. He is the most consistent on the grid. Actually, yeah, by, by stats, he's mm. he's the only person that's finished in the top five every single race. And that's bearing in mind, he's not in line to win the championship, but uh, he's definitely scoring the most regular points of everybody else. And if he keeps that up, he'll be in a very good place by the end of the year. Then, <laughs> Carlos Sainz in at fourth. Always nowhere near his teammate. Always struggling. I honestly believe he will not last his time at Ferrari. Yeah, because his first lap in Q3 was class, and then standard science it really comes <laughs> down to it. In in the second phase of Q3, what does he do? He makes mistakes and tips the wall. I just, I mean, we joked about it week after week after week, and he's still just not keeping it together when it's most important. And I, I don't get me wrong; I don't want him to fail. I want him to succeed. He's 
I quite liked him. He was quite good with Norris back at McLaren. It was a good pairing, but uh, I wonder if Sainz has Sainz has a bit of Canadian blood in him. <laughs> like five percent Canadian. <laughs> the Spanish. He didn't go all the way to the north, but one family made it. The Sainzes. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what to say about him, but he's gonna he's gonna struggle to hold a Ferrari seat if he keeps those performances up. Then. <sighs> To be honest, it was really refreshing. I mean, Max, again, not the entire weekend got to grips with the car at this track. Like the weekend before, he just couldn't get it. He didn't get in any practice. Prez out-qualified him every stage of the Grand Prix up to the qualifying. Prez had his number. And it's just like all of a sudden Prez is um, not sniffing his tires anymore. He's got phenomenal pace it's, it's not the first time now he's uh, out qualified him and it's just really nice to see especially for the people that go on about how he is the like god of racing i'm like well perez is not renowned one lap fast and perez is qualifying faster than him so everyone has their day what do you think yeah it was, it was nice to see uh, max Verstappen not being up the top but he he just wasn't quick enough he had he had no answer to perez and he had nothing on charles Leclerc, like he had like the pace of that Ferrari over one lap was ridiculous. Like Verstappen just wasn't there at all. Like, and you know, he did have some DRS issues on a Friday and the changed it up, changed his wing, I think, to what the Perez setup is. But it was uh no, nah, it's nice to see him there. Third, not not well, pole position again isn't Verstappen's strong point. No, I mean it's a bit like what Hamilton used to say as well. Uh one lap pace is not my strong point. And we we laughed about it and we do laugh about it. But he, they're being honest when they say that. And I'm starting to think one lap pace in the entire grid at the moment, I would say Leclerc and Russell are the fastest people on the grid. Yeah, in terms of one lap and just nail one that lap, one lap. Same engine, same car. I would say Leclerc and Russell are the fastest people on the grid. Definitely. Definitely Consi- are. Consistent one lap. They just they have something about them. Race pace, completely different story for a driver. In fact, actually, race pace, I would say top three are all the world champions. Yeah. Alonso, Vettel, and Hamilton. And that is why they are world champions. Yeah, Leclerc, once they, Leclerc has once got they zero get... race pace. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yes. not zero. Depends on the track. Monaco or... <laughs> Monaco is zero race pace because he doesn't last that long. I think it's the line in between is where the driver crafts out their career. So after uh, Max and Perez... Obviously, and like I said, I believe the best one-lap driver there is this this year for sure, maybe even last year, uh, best one-lap driver, Charles de Klerk. He is phenomenal and untouchable when he is on, on a hot lap. Absolutely phenomenal talent. And um, it's just a shame because if it's not him's confidence to let him down, it's the it's Ferrari that lets <laughs> him down. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a shambles. It's like every week, either the drivers do something stupid or their engine decides just to blow up. Okay. So yes, that's, that, that's qualifying. Sort of dumb. Yeah. I was going to say, moving on to part two of our Baku Race Weekend podcast. Bouncing basketballs and... Bad backs. I was really hoping for that to be a more concise intro, but everyone listening, Dom, it looked like Dom couldn't read his own handwriting. I couldn't. I coun't. I and, had, and, 
and had already forgotten what we had called the podcast. I, well, I obviously had forgotten, but I had written it down, but I had it written in such a small corner of my notepad. I had, I was looking at it and I thought it said bagel. I was like, there's no way I said bagel. <laughs> Welcome to Formula One Race Weekend with the Azerbaijan Grand Prix bouncing basketballs <laughs> and bagels. <laughs> I was like... I'm sure that's not what we agreed. <laughs> yes, I we. Can't, I can't read anything else other than bagels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we agreed to call this episode "Bouncing Basketballs and Bagels." <laughs> so, welcome to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. What we like to call "Bouncing Basketballs and Bad Backs." Nailed it. And for people who don't understand the "Bouncing Basketballs" reference, is after the race, Daniel Ricardo described being in his car as if he was being bounced along like a basketball. And if anybody doesn't understand the bad backs reference, just look at Lewis Hamilton getting out the car. He looked 50 years old, trying oh, to could, walk. It was unbelievable. He couldn't, he, he couldn't even move. And then Toto was like, yeah, sorry for that. Apologies, mate. Sorry about your bad back. And Lewis was like, oh, 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 oh. Like, <laughs> sorry for that life-threatening injury we gave you for an hour. Yeah, I'm not to mention you're almost 40, mate, but, you know, good luck with that. Thanks. Thanks. But I have to say as well, just watching the onboard, and I don't want to make this a completely Mercedes frenzy podcast, but watching the onboard of the Mercedes is unbelievable. Like, it's, it looks so undrivable. Just, it's like, scratch. It's just like... It's either scraping off the floor or it's not scraping off the floor <laughs> constantly. Those those sound noises were terrific. On, on point. On point. That it, it was it was like I was back watching it. It felt a little bit like uh, I was auditioning for the part of I want to say Mike on Police Academy. Uh, I uh, I know who you mean. I don't, I don't think his name is Mike. No, I know. I don't think either, but I thought if I at least chuck a name in, I'll be safe because yeah. everyone knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I should Mike. Just... Mike. So, yeah, so you were Mike from Police Academy? Do you want me to get the actual... You get the name up? I look like a zero on your phone. Yeah. It's with M. I'm sure it begins with M. I can't remember what you call LeVar Jones. Is it really? Yeah. Jonesy? No, he's just called LeVar Jones. Yeah, but I think they refer to him as Jonesy. I think they do, do they? Don't they? Yes, LeVar Jones, a human beatbox. Yes, so you were like LeVar Jones in Police Academy there, Dom. LeVar Jones, you're right. Really? I'm right? Well, yeah, well, of course, you Googled it. So, you were like LeVar Jones from Police Academy there, Dom? It was like I was back watching Baku live. Well, I'm glad you got the reference, because I was going for LeVar Jones at Police Academy, so... It, it was it was uncanny. Moving on. Anyway, moving on. So let's talk about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, bouncing basketballs and bad backs. Or as it's uncommonly known as, bouncing basketballs and bagels. So what did you think of the race, Ryan? I thought it was actually, I actually really, really enjoyed Baku. I think Baku is probably the best street circuit that we have. I'm a big fan of Baku. Really big fan of it. Of all the street circuits... I definitely think it's the best of all, but I I still don't think it was a great race. There's always it wasn't a great race once Charles Leclerc went out. 
because I kind of nullified anything that was going to happen. And then Verstappen and Perez just kind of went into their own race and just disappeared into the into the sunset. Well, to be honest, uh, I really struggled to get a stream of it live because the internet where I'm staying is not very good. But when I finally um, connect, when I finally connected, all I saw was Carlos Sainz pulling, <laughs> off, pulling off the track, and immediately. And and I apologize to Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz, I apologize. But I immediately believed, and it wasn't car related because based on his previous races, that is what informed my decision that he had once again not managed to hold it together on an important race weekend. And I was wetting myself. And I swear to you, Ryan, I couldn't find a pen fast enough to write all the jokes I was thinking of about <laughs> Carlos Sainz messing up one more time for Ferrari. I couldn't find a pen. I was running around the lobby trying to find a pen. And I was I was writing so fast, thinking, oh, my God, he's cost them so much money. He's the, Their budget cap's gone through the roof. I was just writing jokes constantly, thinking, oh, my God. And then they said it was an engine failure. I was like, oh, all my jokes. Oh, boring. Out the window. Oh. Oh, boring, make no sense. Because I missed it, the reason why he came off. To be fair, he was just driving along, and then his car just stopped. Like, yeah, I missed that. I, I did. I did feel sorry for him, but yet again, but yet again, and then as we seen with Charles Leclerc, like his engine went. Yet again, it's one race Ferrari, <laughs> the car messes up, and then as somehow in Canada, the drivers are messed up. It just seems to be this reoccurring theme of one race it's the car, one race it's the drivers. It's really weird. I mean, Ferrari, I mean, we've not gone through the top 10 or 20 yet, but uh, Ferrari were the only, were the first two DNFs. That's phenomenal. And then Gojan Yu retired with a mechanical failure. Also a Ferrari engine. Yeah. And then Kevin Magnussen retired. Also a Ferrari engine. The Ferrari engine. And there was us weeks on end, uh, Slamming the Red Bull powertrain, and look at them now. I mean, the most the most reliable engine on the grid is still the Mercedes. This has been a year, definitely, for uh, engine failures. I know we're nearly halfway through, and some engines just should start going naturally. Well, That's fine. Bottas is on engine number three already after eight races. It's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be really interesting towards the end of the season because, obviously, with the budget caps. And what people were allowed to spend and penalties coming through. It's anyone's game. And let's not forget that uh, Verstappen has had his fair share. He may be leading the championship, but he's had his definitely fair share of penalties and retirements. More, um, as much as some of the most on the grid. So, Yeah, but you'll never hear that, though, because Horner will never talk about it. Horner, like, no, no, Verstappen, Verstappen's only used one engine and, you know, he's he just manages everything so good that... I actually think I'm in love with him. It's yeah, it's a joke. It's ridiculous, but um, but they do. But Red Bull do seem to have the rest, the be- the best race pace and strategy. I think ahead of everyone else on the yeah. grid. I mean, you know, definitely. Which... I think in terms of strategy, they're always the fastest, sharpest on the grid. Pace. I mean, Baku for sure. I'm, the thing is, Baku is such a interesting one in terms of strategy because it's mostly straight, not big corners on it. No, apart from like the castles. Castle yeah. turns a bit there, but uh, I think we should swiftly move on to uh, the top 20. 
Let's go. Move our way through. I will do 20 to 10. Again. 20 to 11. And then you tend to run, if that's all right. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. This is this is the easier side for me because um, half of them DNF'd, so it was great. I realised that as soon as you suggested. Uh, so, because, but okay, let's do it. Flying in at number 20, Carlos Sainz, the first <gasps> DNF of the day. Shot. <gasps> with, with a mechanical failure. But even before he retired, he was way off a pace. Like he Again, was so, far, so far behind the, the top three so quickly. So I don't think he would have done much in the race. Probably fourth would have been his, probably the best for him, unless they pulled some strategy out and he would have maybe bumped a place or two. Like, but yeah. definitely he was not on the pace. Unlike his teammate who finished 19th with another DNF, Charles Leclerc, who was flying at the start. And obviously he pitted early after um, he pitted early to go into the hards. And then he ended up 12, 13 seconds ahead. But again, we don't really know what his pace was like because he ended up retiring with another mechanical failure. Luckily, he made it into the pit, so it didn't cause a safety car or anything, which was... Yeah, good. Which was good. I was shocked, actually, because I was sort of hoping for the safety cars because mm-hmm. I think it came around, around the right time. It was good for some of the grid to pit. I was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he unfortunately made it in. Um, and then the third Ferrari engine... Gojan Yu in 18th DNF. He was absolutely raging when they told him that he had to retire the car. Yeah, he didn't like even realise why, did he? I think he was up to 8th, maybe. Maybe 8th for 7th or 8th. And he was fuming. He was he was like, come on, guys. Are you actually being serious here? Like, are you actually telling me to come in? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you have to come in. We have to retire the car. He it's a weird one, then, because... Uh, again, it's Ferrari engine. It's just, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have put him down to have the pace either. So I don't know what's going on with Ferrari engine. It just feels like to me, them they're being made out of wood. And the yeah, minute they it, get too hot, they set fire. Yeah. It, it seems like they're just pushing it all on the qualifying for that one yeah. lap. And then, then they've got nothing for the race, which is stupid in my eyes. Um, 17th, Kevin Magnussen, yet again, another Ferrari engine. Did you see he stopped? on the side of the track and then he got out but his car moved forward and he's holding it with one hand yeah. and then like, he was dramatically waving all the stewards to come on and like help him but they just stood there he was like get on, like, get on and give me a hand he started wheeling it back in didn't he he really got involved yeah. um, and then I have you, you might need to help me with this see but 16th Lance Stroll I wrote unfortunately I have no idea what happened to him I wrote poor day at the office Smashing so um, if anyone could let us know what happened to Lance Stroll because I was clearly too drunk by this stage to remember what was happening to Lance Stroll. Yeah. And so, listeners, me also, and I do apologise if the content is not as good as it or as sharp as it used to be. Um, it's been a hard weekend for us to record because we're both, uh, yeah, busy weekends, busy holidays. We watched the race, but it's also yeah. quite hard to uh, stay on top of every, every angle. So, if there is anything you know about or you, you know, especially in terms of the Canadian team, exactly. maybe you can give uh, us some reasons why yeah. both Canadians. Well, yes, well, well, we don't want to offend Canada. Um, or, no, no, or no, 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 I, but there's clearly an issue. Yes, and why they, why they can't drive around a circuit. Um, moving on to 15th place, and uh, the other Canadian. Um, I my description for Nicholas Tiffy for this one is just captain penalties. <laughs> like he get a, he get a drive through for the start of the race because he because uh, somehow he couldn't put his car in his grid spot. He drove too far forward, so he was pushed back, and then he was given another penalty for ignoring blue flags. Like Jesus. good god! Like it come sounds on. like one of my races at uh, F one twenty twenty one on my own. Yeah, like come on, like. 
moron. And he also finished lap down, which didn't help. Talking about F1 2021, we will try to upload some of our uh, racing videos as a team because they are quite funny and they are quite poor. So expect some hilarious bad driving if you want to have a giggle on the social media. Yeah, definitely. It's like watching the TV and stroll drive in real life. <laughs> team Canada. Canada, hell yeah. Come and get a crash into your barriers, Canada. Moving on to moving on swiftly from moving uh, on. We're working on the lyrics. We're working on the lyrics to Team Canada. Maybe a movie idea. Who knows? Uh, moving on. So 14th, Mick Schumacher. Uh, I wrote he didn't finish last, which is which is a bonus. I mean, he's always found a bit of pace from qualifying, isn't he? Because he finished, he qualified 20th. Yeah, uh, well, I suppose, I suppose there being five DNFs helped him finish 14th as well. But still finished ahead of Latifi, who just had a lot of penalties. So. Got to be in it to win it. Exactly. And then Yuki Tsunoda. Now, I don't know if you can remember this from Sunday Dawn, but Yuki Tsunoda had a mental end to his race. From the last race? Yeah, and back... Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They put him onto the softs at the end, but his DRS flap broke in half. And what yes. did they do? They I, I, duct taped the it. They, they duct taped it. Yeah. And, and the internet went wild as well, which is even more hilarious because it's supposed to be the most technologically advanced sport in the world. And they pulled out tape yeah. and, and taped did you, it together. Did you see what was even funnier? After while they were taping his car up in the pit lane, the FIA were sprinting down apparently like storming down to his pit box to tell him not to go out but by the time they made it he was away he was just driving off went straight out with his uh, <laughs> one option one button one button DRS and, and, and they were like and they were, and they were like you can't use DRS no DRS for the end of the race because it was it was taped down I but he was believe... showing, he was showing a black and orange flag which meant he, he had to come in and retire the car because he had, he had a problem and he just, like... just ignored it I can't believe that he didn't get bigger penalties. I don't think any any real big penalties after the rest came through. No, I don't think I happened. He, like you said, he should have been DNF hundred percent. But I get when they let him have it, or they let some other people have it, especially from the hotel. They didn't report it so strictly, but seriously, unbelievable. It's a joke, but sure, he finished twelfth, no thirteenth. Sorry, wasn't a great race for him. Could have do, could have done better. And obviously, there was pace in the car with um, Gasly finishing higher. Twelfth, uh, Alex Albon. Uh, yet again, finished ahead of his teammate, but obviously that isn't hard. It's like racing against someone who's blind. <laughs> so, yeah, like Canada, did. hell yeah. yeah. Gonna race until I can't see no more. Canada, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Coming again to crash into your barriers. Canada, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah so Alex Albon finished uh, in 12th ahead of his teammate again. Which obviously isn't hard because obviously it's like driving against someone who's blind. Um, but you know, still one lap down. Probably, probably finished where he would have. Um, an eleventh place, one lap down again. Valtteri Bottas, poor weekend all round for Valtteri. It just didn't look like the Alfa Romeo had any pace. The car looked nice with a new um, livery with the green on it, and there's like Italian flag, but. Look nice, but zero pace. And I think they need to sort that out for uh, Canada, or else there'll be another no point scoring weekend for them. That's not, it's not, you, you don't get points for nice second cars. Top 10. Right, guys, this, this one's the top 10. So, in at number 10, Esteban Ocon. And to be honest, uh, as we've said in previous, uh, previous podcasts, 
the Alpines are solid. They're definitely best of the rest. They've took the place of McLaren this year. Um, between them, they're just constantly scoring in the points. So really good job from Alex Albon. Obviously that uh, Ferrari were DNF'd for their reasons and other people also DNF'd. But I think you have to give it to the Alpines. They've just got this. They've got one of the best race cars for someone that's mid-table. And not only that is um, they're the hardest car for over to be overtaken, and that's been proven many times already this season. Do you agree, Ryan? Well, they're the hardest car to overtake. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they're so quick in a straight line, which also helps massively as well. They're so yeah. fast that people just can't get that DRS into them to to get past them. And if they if we were given points for a livery, Alpine would get a point. For livery or library? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've worked out which one's the right one. <laughs> we still for don't the, know. We've still, the we're design, opening back for, up to the, to, the, to the masses. For the design of their car, they would get one point. So that was number 10. In number nine, Lando Norris. And I'll do him together with his teammate in at number eight, Daniel Ricciardo. Or some people like to say Daniel uh, or, Ricciardo. Or, yeah, or yeah, Ricky Addo. How does it make any sense? It's like just people choosing what they want, how they want the name to sound. So, like me calling you Rai, uh, Ran, Ran, or Ryan makes no sense. Or you call or, me, or, or calling you Dominic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, Alonso and Norris, that's definitely where the pace of the car is at the moment, 8th and ninth, And it's a good track to really see people's top speed. So you really see how powerful their powertrains are, like Red Bull or Mercedes in previous years. So you can really see. But uh, even though Ricardo and Norris are running the Mercedes engine, they are struggling big time. 8th and ninth is a real bad position for McLaren, so you can really start to see where they're struggling. Did you, uh, Ryan, see Norris like arguing and complaining about being, being given team orders? Yeah, well, see, they're talking about it on the commentary before it even came up with team orders, saying that they should let Norris pass if he has the pace to get past Danny Rick, but let Danny Rick have an attempt at, no, at, at, at Alonso. And if he, can, if he can, can't get past Alonso, then they switch it around and let Norris have a go. And if he yeah. can't do it, they switch it back. But Norris didn't have the pace to catch Danny Rick. And Danny Rick didn't have the pace to catch Alonso. Yeah. So why why would they switch him when they're both not really challenging for anything? So I thought it was it it just made sense just to keep yeah. them where they were and get the points. Yeah, I agree with that. But did you hear how raging uh, Norris was? Well, suck it up, kid. That's all I say. Suck it up, kid. Can't have, first. can't have it Heard in my all the time. First. Can't have it in my all the time. So nice for someone to say that about Norris because he's a bit of a golden child at the moment. So I'm embracing that comment from you. Uh, loving it. Loving it. The world ain't all sunshines and rainbows, kid. <laughs> Heard it here first. Sometimes you get the finish knife behind your teammate. Yeah, get over it. So in at seven, we have Fernando Alonso. Another class performance by him, really solid. Yeah, it was. It was a good solid drive. Good, just Alpine is so good at picking up these these wee points in every race. Yeah, and I have to say that the drivers are also really just consistent. They're just 
chipping away every race. And I wouldn't be surprised if they still outperform Mercedes at the end of the year. Interesting. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Fantastic. I mean, he's a dark fox. He's always consistent. You can never underestimate him, Fernando Alonso. Then, in at six, another world champion, Sebastian Vettel. And again, you have to give credit. When you look at where his teammate is, and don't write Stroll off too easily because it, Stroll has been on the podium, but Sebastian Vettel is just something else. He's really getting a lot out of that Aston Martin. And uh, you're really starting to see the, the fat Sebastian Vettel of old. Yeah, it, sorry, what's I was going to say, it's even more impressive considering he missed the first couple of races with COVID. Yeah, exactly. Well. So he was late into the game and he's starting now to perform in that car. It's really good to see as well because he, uh, he's he got such good pedigree about him and he's such a good character also on the grid and it's just nice to see that it's all paying off. And I think his uh, contract will be extended. You'll see him around for a few more years because there was question marks above his head after Leclerc made him look basically silly when he was at Ferrari. Leclerc yeah. made Vettel look like he was a F2 driver, even though he's a four-time world champion. But now we really see uh, he's coming back into his confidence, back into his own. And that's what I like to see about Sebastian Vell. In at number five, the biggest switch in the Bad Back Awards this race. Pierre Gasly! Pierre Gasly. I have to say my wife was very happy about that result. Hey, 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 Pierre Gasly! Pierre Gasly! I have to say, my wife was very happy about that result. She, that's the one driver she picked for this season to try and follow, which is trying to support me watching the Formula One. But uh, yeah, he'd been bad all the season, and then he pulls that out of the bag in five. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like he's back to what he was last year. And this is the difference. We were talking about the bad back towards where Sonoda was out racing him, out qualifying him. The pace that he had is that pace. Do you know what I mean? It's five, top five. That's not top seven or like Sonoda's been getting it's like top end that's the sort of pace where is where any more people who have any issues he's going to be on the podium did Five. you did you hear what he said um, after qualifying they asked him about what the race would be like for him no and he says he says well it'd be nice to see the top four cars for about two laps before they disappear <laughs> <laughs> he's right though unfortunately well other than Mercedes moving on to number four Lewis Hamilton. What's your thoughts on that? Driver of the day, wasn't he? Why? Well, that's why I was asking. Driver, driver of the day. Driver of the day. And I was shocked by that because he's normally never voted for that. Being such a popular uh, multimillionaire, people think he should get off the grid. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was, shocked. I, was, I was more shocked he got driver of the day than I was shocked that he got top four. Yeah, top four is a bonus. You would have said he probably would have been sixth if the Ferraris were still in play, but yeah. You have to take your your chances. I mean, if I have to play devil's advocate and say, yeah, but he got the toe off Russell in qualifying, that really means he would have been around eighth or ninth on the grid, and it's much harder than to get past everyone. But you know what? He was pulling off overtakes, and he was uh, he was getting breezing past people, even with his super bad back and his uh, and his porpoising. I mean, did you see how much that car was scraping on the ground, Ryan? Uh, it was it was a joke. Like his car is so different to um, George Russell's. Like, and people don't people don't see this. Like when you read all the comments on Twitter and stuff and all, you know, people who literally don't have a clue about the sport and they claim they do. You know what they were talking about? Clearly, just have 
some sort of like agenda against him and like the man is a seven-time world champion he's obviously trying out new things in this car to help mercedes and let's not say like he finished fourth he overtook a lot of people to get there yeah definitely he, he did some good some good overtake like oh, like Hamilton last year yeah, like yeah phenomenal overtakes. And not the ones on the straight with the DRS, because you know why? Mercedes DRS and top speed is awful. He was doing them on corners, outbreaking, uh, racing, basically just class racing. Yeah, he so, was showing, like, he still got it, and yeah. what they could do if he had an actual car under him. Top quality from Lewis Outman. Uh, but there's not dwell on him, because there's not a podcast yeah. just about him. Then Mr. Saturday in at number three on the podium again, finishing the top five one more time. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. favourite driver. Mr. Mercedes, George Russell. As cheesy as it is, you have to be in it to win it, and he is yeah. every week. He's having a phenomenal season, even oh, if you oh, discard definitely. everything else. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal season, even if you dis- disregard everything else that's going around. You can't argue with the points, and you can't argue with the fact that he's made no mistakes. He's been steady. He's always had a gap behind the guy behind him, but he's obviously not catching the front runners. But he's, to be honest, that's where he is in where he finished the day is where he is in the season. If he doesn't finish in the top five by the end of the season, there's something mental went wrong. To, to be fair, like during Baku, he didn't really have anything to do. He was just in a world of his own. I mean, it's mostly straight. Yeah, the guy. But like he wasn't really battling enough nothing or anything. George Russell just ended up third. <laughs> And he just cruised himself, but that's how he's got all his know. points this season. You not noticed? Yeah, he takes advantage because he's consistent. I mean, it's the it's the bread and butter Mercedes at the moment because that's where they're scoring the most of their points from. They're just capitalising on everybody else's mistakes. Yeah, exactly. What's they need to do until they get a good car? Then in at number two, Sergio Perez. And I have to say, he was really unlucky not to win that race. He was, but his pace to his pace disappeared after he went. Out and it looked like he went and obviously destroyed his tires at the start, and then he just had no pace. This is what I find hard to believe. This is the guy Ryan that's called Mister Tire Preservation. He's renowned for looking after his tires. I just think something hinky's gone on. I just don't trust Red Bull enough anymore. Like if. I feel like Red Bull made a tactical call at some point to make sure Max finishes ahead of him. Heard it here first. Uh, well, watching the race when Max. Some for some somehow Max took out of one point five seconds out of Perez in one lap, and then Perez didn't even bother defending him when he overtook him. So I think they've been like, "Look, you won Monaco, but you're you're not winning here." I believe it hundred percent, Ryan, because they're very sneaky in Rebel. Plus, like you said, they won in Monaco. Wanted to win here, but you also, you also have to remember, like you can't trust Horner at all. No, you can't at all. You can't expect the, the like the worst scenario and then double it for something that Horner might have implemented. Just can't be trusted at all. It's worrying, really worrying. Yeah, and first place, Max Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, I have to give him the same credit as uh, Perez. You have to be in it to win it, and he was, even though if it felt like it wasn't real, he was actually, even though it felt like he was ordered to take the place away from Perez. You don't get yourself into these positions without at least working your way through something. So yeah, exactly. But you know, first happened showed good pace, and you know, it was it was a good win. Good, yeah. good win for him. No, let's give it to Max. It was a good win. It's not a choice winner, but uh, you can't. Yeah. It's not how the sport, sport works. You don't get to choose the winner every time. So no, no. Yeah, but that yeah, that is our summary of the Baku Grand Prix. Um, bouncing basketballs and bad backs Grand Prix. Yeah, bouncing basketballs and bagels. I uh, I would like to. Say, I just want to say that I th- we would normally go on and talk about some other things, but 
sitting here at it's quarter to one for me on a well, it's Wednesday morning for me and Dom's obviously on holiday. Um, so I think looking by Dom's face, which you can't see, he really just wants to go to bed. <laughs> and, yeah, well, I want to get so in trouble off my wife because she's already and, texting me as well. Like, what the, what are you still doing up? Yeah, and I and I need to go. To, I need to go to sleep because I have to get ready for a wedding. I'm away too for the next couple of days. But so guys, yeah, but we we'll have... be back to normal. Uh, we we will be back to normal schedule, normal banter, normal gossip, normal chat from this week onwards. So uh, Canada onwards, it will be back to normal. It'll be a couple of days after the race as we normally do, and it will be the normal content that we always de- deliver. But uh, it's been a bit difficult, as like we said, we're. We're working it out as one of us goes away on holiday. We sort of managed it a couple of seasons ago, a couple of episodes ago, when Ryan went away on holiday. But, uh, yeah, been a bit different when uh, I'm away because logistics and who's doing the editing and I'm with the family and stuff. So, But, uh, yeah, this will be up as soon as possible. But, uh, yeah, I apologise for the delay. But it's coming. I'm sure it's been some uh, quality content involved. Bit of a laugh. Yeah. But, uh, but it will get better from the weeks going forward, I'm sure. If anyone who listens can actually edit podcasts, please get in touch. It will be class to get someone to give us a hand because it is very, very tough. Cheers, Cheers Ryan. <laughs> and Ryan's so, saying that on my benefit. So Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking out for my pal here. But no, thanks for listening to this podcast, which probably won't be the best podcast in terms of our um, in terms of quality of chat. But, you know, as Dom said, we'll get back to normal from Canada onwards, and we hope you stick with us until we take over um, as the biggest podcast in F1. 100%. So, thanks for listening to Dominic and Ryan. Heard and it here first. Been, heard it here first. And this we'll, has been the F1 Purple Rain podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This has been me, Dominic, and Ryan. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, please write into the podcast at f1purplerain at gmail.com. Or get in contact with us through our Instagram page at f1purplerain.